Greetings and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy, Joe Stapleton. Him over there, that's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy International Guide Dog Day, Joe. Woof. It's International Guide Dog Day. I think it's literally on my calendar too today that it is Administrative Assistance Day. Administrative Professional Day in the U.S. I feel like Guide Dog Day and Administrative Assistance should have separate days. I don't know. I'm not going to get into the politics of that. Coming up on today's show, it is our EPT Monte Carlo preview show. We haven't been to Monaco in what, a decade? Slight exaggeration. Well... It's time to fly, my babies. <laughs> All the dates and times and schedules and what to look forward to on the French Riviera coming up on today's show. We are a couple of months out from the Global Poker Awards. Our victory lap is over. But today, we'd like to shine a light on a newcomer who took home an award in a very tough category. Winner of favorite poker personality, Masato Yokosawa is joining us on today's show, and I am really looking forward to getting to know this guy a little bit. Uh, he seems to lead quite the life. Woo. He also has a massive social media following, so I'm hoping he can, uh, you know, tag me something, help a brother out. Uh, in addition to all that, uh, Charles Allen will be here to challenge me on trivia from the book of Boba Fett. And uh, look, we've talked about this sh show a lot on our show I'm not going to lie. I haven't been good at Star Wars trivia in years. Um, we've been over this before. I thought I was a Star Wars fan until I met James and Chris Cohen, our, uh, our, our director for the live streams. Turns out I wasn't a Star Wars fan at all. Um, and considering now when I watched Star Wars stuff, I'm like mildly interested in it. I do not have high hopes for doing well in this uh, trivia quiz coming up. I can't even look, be bothered to learn the names of the characters I want to have sex with. Uh, it, it wasn't a show worth paying a great deal of attention to, to be honest. I have one request, yeah. and that is not to start this week's show how we started last week's show. Can we please not talk about poker Twitter this week? Because, <laughs> dude, shit got weird the minute we released the last episode. As Carl Stanley commented on Discord... Who else thought that Naked Three-Way Hot Tub Hotel would be the most fucked up thing they heard from the poker world? It wasn't. Joe thought he had it covered, but no. Other shit went down, and we basically dropped down the headlines. I think that we can, we can safely say that my crimes are victimless, unless you count my girlfriend, which, you know, is debatable. But look, everyone else has got the other stuff covered. Yeah. Not really the show we do here most of the time. All I'll say is that I've been craving Taco Bell for days now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's worth highlighting there have been interviews, there have been follow-up interviews, there have been interviews about interviews. But ultimately, just to be serious for a second, looking past the media circus and all the jokes about shaman and frog poison, there are some serious questions being raised. And I think there are issues that online poker players have a legitimate right to be concerned about. And I can say that we do intend to discuss some of those issues on a future episode of the podcast. But for now... Can we talk about movies and TV instead? Where are we on a Better Call Saul? I got two. I got two episodes in. I have seen last two night. episodes, and I've enjoyed okay. both episodes. I know the third one has now dropped. I imagine I'll watch that tonight. But yes, very much enjoying this show. I enjoyed it. Also, it doesn't seem like it's moving fast enough to be the final season, and I know that things 
can move as quickly as they need to, you know, in later episodes. I don't care. I don't want the show to be over. I love every single second of it. I think I it's poetry. I don't think it's ever been a fast-moving show, but there is genuine tension in so many scenes. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think we talked about this on the on uh, the broadcast, but I want to reiterate, Rhea Seahorn should automatically get whatever award this year for acting for this final season because it will be an absolute crime if she goes the entire length of this show without being recognized. Um, speaking of shows coming back that I've been excited about, waiting for a long time for, it feels, Barry is back. I don't know if you saw the first episode of Barry. I have downloaded it, but I've not watched it yet. Uh, an, a very uh, another like sort of uh, they're really make remember when Bear, sorry spoiler for previous episodes of Barry not the new one um, remember when he kills his buddy yes and you're like man I don't really know how I feel about Barry right now and it really makes you question him this season they seem intent on making that a, a bigger theme making it difficult again uh, for you to actually be rooting for Barry so I'm interested to see where they go. I started a new show called Tokyo Vice, which has been weird because Masato Yokosawa has been messaging me this week, and he's done it while I've been watching Tokyo Vice. Tokyo Vice is a a new drama on HBO Max about a uh, an American journalist, the first one to ever be hired by the, the Meicho newspaper in Japan, which is like one of the top newspapers in the world, and he insists on writing about the Yakuza. And which I thought was like, okay, Tokyo Vice, whatever. turns out the show's also, this guy's story, it's also produced by Michael Mann. So it's like quite literally part of like the Miami Vice universe. I was going to ask, is this basically a remake of Miami Vice set in Tokyo, which I actually think would be pretty awesome in and of itself. But I like the journalism angle. I'll have to check this out. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool so far. I think anything about, you know, we know very little about, Asian culture in general, right? At least in America. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what goes on in Japan, what journalism's like, what the what Yakuza's like. So I'm finding it super interesting so far. Um, I think we're going to go try to see Doctor Strange in Monaco, right? Are we? I, I, I would love to, if possible. But uh, what I need to know before that is, are you watching Moon Knight? No, dude. Selling Sunset Season 5 has dropped on Netflix. <laughs> wait, wait. I've, I've, got, I've got to get through that. I've got to find out what's going to happen. Is Mary going to get her promotion? Uh, is Chelsea going to get a job at the brokerage? Are they finally going to fire Christine? Did Wait, but didn't Season 4 end like two months ago? Correct, but clearly they filmed them back to back, so we didn't have to wait that long for more conversations about conversations of things that happened at parties while people were having a conversation about a previous conversation. Show me more houses, please. I, um, what was the, th I thought there was like a special that just came out too. Right? I think that like, follows season five. I think there is a, a reunion special after that season, comes oh at the end God. of this season. Look, something important that we do need to discuss, Joe, and I, yeah. I kind of hinted on Monday night when we were streaming the Sunday Million that people wouldn't have to wait long for details on how they could win their way to the PSPC. We've confirmed that the second PokerStars Players Nola Maholdem Championship is going to be happening in the Caribbean, in the Bahamas, as part of PCA 2023 at the end of January next year. And on Tuesday of this week, it was confirmed that the Megapath has launched. So this is the online route to win mm -hmm. a Platinum Pass with a 30k VIP package guaranteed every single week. Uh, and wow. it's like a steps system. And right. it starts from as little as 50 cents. So it is possible to work your way up through the steps and win a Platinum Pass for as little as 50 cents. But I think 
the thing a lot of people are going to be very excited about. And in addition to the launch of the Megapath, in addition to the online route, the road to PSPC is back. So these are the live events. These are the low buy-in live events where a Platinum Pass is added to the prize pool and the winner gets a free ticket to the PSPC. And some of these dates have been announced. I think it's fair to say that most of them are in Europe, but I notice there is an event in Sao Paulo in July that's part of the BSOP. But this kicks off in June. There are road to PSPC events in places like Liechtenstein, San Marino, Dublin, Hamburg, uh, Manila. There's another one outside Ooh. of Europe. So do check out PokerStarsLive.com. There's also a great write-up on the PokerStars blog by Jack Stanton about how the mega path works and also those dates for the Road to PSPC live events. Well, that's cool. There's going to be lots of... Uh, so we'll have the people that have been on pure free rolls of Platinum Passes. We'll have yeah. some people with some insane ROI when they win their way in with 50 cents. Uh, and, and again, Joe, to highlight what we said last week as well, um, there are already near enough 300 people who already have Platinum Passes who are waiting to go to that event. And I wonder if this week's guest is intending to be in the Bahamas next January for the PSPC. Um we already teed him up at the start of the show. He is a Japanese poker player and vlogger with a huge social media following, which Joe is very excited about. Literally <laughs> hundreds of thousands of fans, more than 600,000 subscribers on YouTube. Now, he scored a number of caches at last year's World Series of Poker, and I think that's when he came to international attention. He was voted Poker Personality of the Year at the recent Global Poker Awards, and he featured on our live stream last month when he made a deep run in EPT Prague. We are thrilled to have him on Poker in the Ears. Masato Yokosawa, welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Masato Yokosawa. I'm really glad to be here. We're really glad for you to be here. I don't think that... <laughs> um, James and I both, we did not realize you're a very famous poker blogger. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to know, me, I specifically, because I would like to be a famous poker vlogger. How did you do this? Um, actually, I'm not a poker YouTuber, I guess. Like, I make bitter not only for poker, like, I'm my bitter is kind of like entertaining a bitter. So, it's not only for gambling and poker. So, I, I think majority of my subscriber doesn't know how to play poker, I guess. So, yeah. I think, yeah, if you want to be a famous uh, YouTuber, so uh, maybe you have to try, uh, you know, everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically saying, Joe, it's time to move on from poker, dude. Yeah. Try, he, <laughs> what he's saying is try being talented. Yeah, that, that too. That too. So uh, I know that we, uh, we, we sort of went over some of the things we talk about here. One thing I forgot to include, if it's okay, can you just tell us how you got your start? in whatever vlogging that you did? Oh, yeah? Okay, of course. Um, so, what should I talk like about YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like, what were your first topics that you covered? Uh, I traveled for uh, uh, Germany, and I only had like uh, 1,000 US dollars, and... Uh, I went to Germany. I actually, I didn't know where I go. Like my <laughs> partner, yeah, brought me to the Germany directly. I have nothing like, you know, no back, you know, no shots, 
everything. And I only had like 1,000 US dollars and I played poker for coming back to Japan. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was my first video. And actually, uh, I made uh, like double up in one night. So uh, I, could I could go back to Japan, but uh, <laughs> he brought me to uh, London and I tried it uh, again and com coming back to Japan. So yeah, it was my first video. Okay, so that does lead me to my first real question is that we don't uh -huh. see a lot of Japanese poker players, uh, not in America and not in, on the European poker tour. Yeah. Obviously, there's probably more in Asia. How is poker portrayed in Japan? Um, it's, uh, it's differently going big. I mean, uh, like now we have... Okay, uh, uh, let me question. <laughs> let me question. Uh, you think how many poker rooms in Japan? I mean, it's not illegal poker room. Legal poker room in Japan. Zero. How many? Zero. Okay. I was going to say one, you, or, one or two. Okay. Uh, we have amusement poker room. It is kind of a play money poker room. So right. they play not, yes, not for money. Just uh, like you, you go to like a pool bar or that bar or something like that. And so now you think how many amusement poker room we have in Japan. Uh, is, uh, is it a lot or a little? 500. Uh, okay. How about you, Joe? 50. Okay, so we have more than 450 programmers in Japan. I was close, yes, so I James. win. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won. For sure, yeah. So, yeah, actually, the poker is not so small in Japan, in my opinion. Um, I think, like, uh, United States have about 500 poker rooms in uh, States, I guess. I I'm not sure, but anyway, 450 is, you know, bigger number than everybody thought, I guess. So, um like three or four years ago, they only had like uh, 70 poker rooms in Japan. So now we are making big and, you know, poker industry in Japan. So uh, I think you will see a lot of Japanese poker player in WSOP. I mean, next WSOP, I guess. That's cool. We I, I always appreciate, uh, you know, we've had Japanese players show up from time to time in Monte Carlo. Occasionally we'll get one or two Japanese players. And then we had you at EPT Prague. What did you think of EPT Prague? What do I did think? What well, you played out, you're on the live stream. How did you feel about oh, playing on a live yeah, stream? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was exciting. I mean, you know, it was excellent, perfect. Like, uh, yeah. I think EPT is our best poker streaming tournament in the world, I guess. So, yeah, everything was perfect. And uh, I really want to play it again. Okay, more questions about Japan and relationship mm -hmm. with poker because I find it very interesting. Sure. So, so when I was yeah. a kid, mm -hmm. uh, in school, they taught us that the Japanese approach to competition – uh, uh -huh. it is somewhat different than the way we approach it in other parts of the world. And I just want to, first of all, is that true or is that just some bullshit they teach us <laughs> in America because our education <laughs> system sucks? I think it's right. You are right. 
And I mean, he's right. <laughs> like, I mean, the Japanese people like cooperating more than competing. So, like, mm, yeah, I, I think everything is different from the States, like, especially like, you, you know, margin? Yes, I do. The, yeah, like Chinese uh, table gaming or something like that. Yeah. It's also like gambling. And actually, like, margin is way more popular than poker in Japan. So I, I think it's because like margin is the game for making stronger hands, right? And poker is, you know, as you know, like poker is the game of exploiting and the bluffing. And I, I think uh, Japanese people don't want to take money directly. And it's kind of, you know, um, Japanese culture, I mean, yeah. Everybody think like uh, um, like competing is really bad thing. So maybe yeah, you are right in you know. <laughs> and do you uh, yeah. do you like competition personally? Do you like to compete? Ah <laughs> uh, yes, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like <laughs> I mean, so basically, like young and uh competitive people play poker in Japan who are like uh, me and like like businessmen or investors or something like that. So, yeah. So when uh, so you mentioned that young people are sort of into competition and, and gaming a little bit more. What was yeah. your life? I mean, you seem like a very young man. What mm-hmm. was your life before all of this? Were uh, you a student? Did you have a job somewhere? Okay. Uh Okay, it's gonna be a really long story, so I will try. It's good. Make We've it got we got a whole hour. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. So first of all, um, I got into university and I dropped out in three months, <laughs> and um, then I established a company when I was eighteen years old, uh, which is a web advertisement company. So cool. yeah, it's like yeah, business, yeah, and. It was going really well, but I got scammed when I was 20 years old. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I made a bet of about like uh, more than 400,000 US dollars when I was 20 years old. Yeah. Then I quit it and uh, somehow I became a professional poker player. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was, uh, yeah, I was playing poker in our amusement poker room in Tokyo. And I don't know why, but I I had a lot of confidence that I would be a professional poker player somehow. And uh, my first poker trip was for uh, WPT Cheju. Uh, and somehow I won it. I mean, it was smallest WPT main event, but uh, I still made like 100,000 US dollars for the price. And it also made me a little bit famous in Japanese poker community, I guess. Of course. And yeah. And yeah, so I, I actually, I'm only the WPT winner in Japan right now. And oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, then I played poker to make money and <laughs> return my debt like for five years. So, and uh, I was mostly like playing cash game rather than tournaments. Now I play tournament, but you know, used to be. And um, I've started to make videos on YouTube 
uh, four years ago. And uh, it was a really big turning point in my life. Like I, I was living for making money and success, but you know, now I'm living for big mission of making poker popular and entertaining people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, we we yeah. already we already mentioned that you know you've got all of these fans. You've got more than 600,000 yeah. people who subscribe yeah. to your YouTube yeah. channel and of yeah. course your fans and other people in the poker world voted for you as their favorite oh, yeah. poker personality. You made that trip from Japan to <laughs> Vegas and I bet you're glad you did because you got to pick up the award. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very glad you know, about it. Yeah. I actually, you know, I, I, I'm also very fond of standing out like this, like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also loving to play poker. So yeah, I feel that uh, God has called me to this like poker YouTuber, I guess. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least you're good at it. So I guess my next question for you is that mm -hmm. it seems from, you know, look, we try to book this interview and you're like, oh, I'm in Prague, that I'm in Cyprus, that I'm in Japan. Uh, do you have a home somewhere or is your life just traveling all the year round? Uh, yeah, like now I live in Tokyo right now. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I used to have a like nomad lifestyle when I was just a poker player. I mean, before I started the YouTube because yeah, I, I, I was based in Macau and Las Vegas and travel a lot. But now I'm also a YouTuber and you know, as I said before, I have a mission of making poker popular in Japan. So I have too much stuff to do in Japan. So now I like spend half of the year in here in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, do you think that your mission to bring uh, poker to, to greater Japan, uh, what is a, a goal that you think would mean success? Like if there was a, mm -hmm. a, a poker stars tour stop in Tokyo, is that something you'd uh. like to see happen? Yeah, uh, it's really difficult to answer, but uh, the one thing is uh, my dream is uh, world biggest poker tournament is Hodo in Japan, like bigger than WSOP. Like, I don't know, WSOP Japan or something like that, or like uh, Poker Stars uh, in Tokyo or something like that. Poker Stars Players Championship 3. Yes, three, yes. In Tokyo. It yes, it is. Yes. That would be pretty cool. So as a um as an American person, when I travel, mm -hmm. there's English signs everywhere. Everyone speaks English at the border. Everyone knows how to, you know, everyone's used to dealing with Americans. Yeah. I would imagine as a Japanese citizen, there's probably fewer signs in Japanese and authorities who speak Japanese. Is it ever intimidating or scary to go to these places by yourself with with such a big language barrier um fortunately like i was very good in english class when i, I was a student yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah the language barrier is not so big for me but like i only feel a language barrier when i get interviewed like this because ah, okay. <laughs> sorry <laughs> Yeah, I, I always communicate with people friendly and roughly, so language is not so big deal for me. Like, I even have a Chinese friend who cannot speak English, but we can enjoy drinking, eating, and, like, playing poker. So, yeah, 
but it, it's still really hard to tell the people how I think and feel, especially like about things that、yeah. I'm in crazy about, like poker or my job, like YouTube or something like that. So your question was really difficult for me because of English barrier. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You ask me like,、uh, what is the goal of the Japanese poker industry? It is really big,、uh, you know, difficult situation.、Uh, no, it was really、um, difficult question for me. So, yeah, I think a lot of about poker and you know Japanese poker industry or something like that every day, but I cannot explain all of them. So. Yeah, it's really stressful for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean,、yeah. the reality is, Joe and I probably know about three words of Japanese between us, so we're in no <laughs> position to criticize. And you're acquitting yourself very well in this interview.、Um, final question, Masato. You, you, obviously,、mm-hmm. you're back home at the moment. Where next in the world? Where are, where are your travels taking you next? Um, WSOP, Las Vegas, next month. Yeah. Well. We hope to see you at one of our events again soon. Hope、yeah. to see you back on the European Poker Tour.、Uh, but、yeah. thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It was awesome to have you、uh, in Prague. Awesome to see you on the stream and learn your story. And great speech you today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate inviting me here, and、uh, I really want to meet you guys in、uh, EPT next time. For sure, absolutely, dude. We're gonna we're gonna track you down. We can drink a beer because that's in any language. No problem. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Okay, time to talk Monaco, specifically the PokerStars EPT presented by Monte Carlo Casino. Joe, it will be our first time at this event, our first time back on the Riviera in three years. All right, let's go, let's do it. Yeah, in fact, yeah. By the time you listen to this podcast, the festival will be underway. There is an FPS at the start, and then it segues straight into the EPT. And I think there's a lot of genuine excitement about this particular event because it's been so long since it was last held, and because I think, look, we know that Monaco has its pros and cons, and I know that there is a certain vulgarity about the place, but it is also a fantastically beautiful location, and the venue for the EPT is, and I say this every year, the most beautiful poker room in the world, the Salle des Etoiles. At the Monte Carlo Bay Hotel, with the roof that opens like Blofeld's volcano, and you only live twice, is a magnificent place, and I cannot wait to see it again. Yes, the best all-around poker room you will ever see. Granted, used for things other than poker the rest of the year,、um, you know, like you might see the three tenors there or something like that. But when poker is there and that roof is open, even if it's for just a couple of minutes at the start of the day, there is a vibe in that room. Uh, when the music is playing and the shuffle up and deal happens, and people are generally in a pretty good mood, it's almost always fantastic weather. And I would imagine that the good mood that we've been seeing across all live events for the past six months or so is only going to be amplified. 
by beautiful springtime French Riviera weather. Absolutely. And I hope the weather's good for the party because there is going to be a party. Uh, I believe it's the evening before we start streaming. And let's talk about the tournaments we're going to be covering, Joe, because that's what most people listening to this podcast want to know, right? They're not going to be out there. They're not going to be playing. I want to know what they can watch. So unlike Prague, where we just covered the main event, we are going to be streaming the final table of the 100,000 euro buy-in super high roller event. So that concludes on Tuesday, May 3rd, and that is going to be the first day of our coverage. So next Tuesday, and that stream will be on air at 1 p.m. Central European Summertime. Do the subtractions or the additions wherever you are in the world. 1 p.m. local time, we will go live with Cards Up coverage of the SHRFT. And after that, from the Wednesday all the way through to Saturday the 7th, that's when we're going to follow the late stages of the main events. That's four days of coverage, Joe, because in Monte Carlo, the main event lasts five days, if you factor in day one, and everywhere else, it's six days. So we'll cover days two, three, four, and day five, which is the final table. So day two, day three, day four, the stream will be on air at 12.30 local Mm -hmm. time. That's half noon Central European summertime. But on that final day, on Saturday the 7th, just as for the Super High Roller final table, the final table of the main event will be on air at 1 p.m. Central European time. And of course, I'm talking about the PokerStars Twitch channel. I'm talking about the PokerStars YouTube channel. Those are the two best places to watch the action. So five consecutive days of live streaming. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Now, because there is one less day in the main event... Yeah. It feels like we're probably going to be doing similarly length broadcast days to Prague, even though we'll maybe have a slightly smaller field than Prague with one last day. It feels like it's probably going to balance out. I think actually the days could be potentially a bit longer, longer yeah, than Prague. Right. Yeah. And you might remember in 2019 when we did actually have a field in Monte Carlo that was close to a thousand players, the days were long and famously you had to leave before we even had a winner. So, I'm hoping, hoping that it's not too brutal. I'm hoping the action is just really enjoyable and exciting. And we're also at the stage where the novelty of being able to commentate on live poker hasn't worn off yet. But also, it's not just me and Joe. So we do have our commentary team. Both Nick Walsh and Griffin Benger are going to be with us in Monte Carlo on site to work on the streams. In addition, of course, Sam Grafton uh, and some of the other guys from Team Pro will be playing the events. And when they're not playing, maybe they can help out and do a few hours to bring us some analysis on the high stakes action. And of course, Maria is part of the commentary team as well and will be joining us remote from her home in Los Angeles. So the same team you've got used to over the last two years, most of them in Monte Carlo, maybe some other remote contributors as well, depending on how the week pans out. But yeah, five long days of live coverage coming your way. Um, I was going to say, Joe, what else might we have planned? But having just said, the days are going to be long. I'm not sure there is going to be time for anything else. So when you bring up the idea of going to the cinema to see Doctor Strange, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Especially, I was worried because, you know, in that part of the world, they don't really do late showings, right? Like the latest showing you might get is like nine o'clock. There's no like 1130 or midnight showing that I recall. I do remember we saw Civil War in Monaco, right? That was back in 2016. 
We must have seen something else there too, but that one was memorable at least because it was such a good one. I don't really like care that much about any of these movies at this point, but um, I do like being able to go do something memorable outside the poker room, which can be tough in Monaco. That's the only thing about working super late, right? That is, I don't mind it. Obviously, that's part of the job. It's just that in Monaco, when you finish at midnight, there is not a lot going on. There's not a lot of like diners or places you can go to which is probably a good thing because it saves you from yourself because you need to get a good night's sleep because you've got (laughs) another long working day ahead of you tomorrow so yes guys just to recap when it all kicks off uh tuesday may 3rd 1 p.m central european summertime join us for five consecutive days of live coverage from the ept in monte carlo And last, but by no means least, it is this week's Superfan. We welcome Charles Allen to the show. Hello, Charles. Where are you joining us from today? Vancouver Island, a little town called Comox. Nice. Beautiful. Charles, uh, I appreciate that most of the audience won't be able to see this, but it's weird that you've chosen a show about a bounty hunter, and you've got a wide array of weapons (laughs) behind you. (laughs) Is there a bowcaster? Do you have Chewbacca's bowcaster back there that I can see? No bowcasters, but there's a couple of compound bows that my kids used to used to shoot with. So, uh, and they were are you guys hunters or target shooters? Just target shooters. That's uh, I mean that's easy, right? We don't nobody has to give you their approval for you to be like, oh yeah, I approve of you shooting at targets. But uh, uh, you know you can cool. do it in the back. You can do it in the backyard, but but easy's kind of a relative term. What, excuse me. I'm, what I meant was. No Easy, regulations. As in, like, no one judges you for shooting at targets. Yeah. Well, my kids do, but you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, Charles, you're someone who enjoys the outdoors. What else can you tell us about yourself? Uh, lawyer, been here in town since '94. Moved from Montreal, so it's firmly Canadian all the way. Fantastic. Um, and uh, what's your poker story? Uh, started playing poker probably around 99 um never really accomplished much but had a lot of fun doing it part of a uh, local group of people who uh who play there's uh, on average about anywhere from 50 to 75 people who rotate through a weekly uh a weekly uh tournament home game um we have no uh, no casinos anywhere near us so closest is vancouver and then other places like Alberta and uh, and Vegas. So, are you sure you're not playing against any secret pros? In uh, your I have a person. Have one of our group who won a WSOP circuit ring in uh, Calgary Ooh. in January. So, uh, everybody likes to think they're pros, but some of us aren't quite that uh, up to that caliber. Okay, no, well, we are not. You can potentially hold your own and you can potentially make the rest of the group jealous by saying that you won Superfan versus Stapes and you won a Sunday Million ticket because that's what's up for grabs this week, Charles. You have chosen the book of Boba Fett. Look, it is a TV show we have spoken about a lot on the podcast. Joe and I are not big fans of this. Did you choose this just to wind us up or do you actually like this program? Just to wind you up. Uh, the program Perfect. was a little weak on the uh, on the story, but not, not to wind Joe up, just to wind you up, James. I, I can that, live with it. I can live with it. And <laughs> ironically, Patrick didn't mind it that much. Um, look, we'll all concede there were good parts, like, for example, when it segued into Mandalorian Season 3. Anyway, Patrick has compiled a 10-question quiz 
Charles, you're our guest. You're our super fan. And you got up ridiculously early to do this. So please give me a number between one and ten. It's always coming seven. Always coming seven. What are the two items that Grogu must choose between in episode six? There are choices for these? There are choices for these. Let's take the choices. Okay. Is he forced to choose between Mando's gear knob and Luke's lightsaber? Between the dark saber and a lightsaber? Between Mando's chainmail and Yoda's lightsaber? Or between a Mandalorian helmet and a frog? <laughs> the third one, the chainmail and... Chainmail uh, and Yoda's lightsaber for a single point, and you're on the board. And Joe, Mando's gear knob. I mean, <laughs> come on, what kind of show is this? Yikes. He was always, always pocketing that gear knob. He Joseph, was. any number other than seven? Uh, okay, last week he put a real gimme under my lucky number, number nine. Let's see what delights Patrick has in store for me under number nine this week. Question nine. In which month and year was the first episode released on Disney Plus? It was around Christmas time. It was around Christmas time. I am going to say December 2021. Correct for two points. Woo! And you have a slim advantage as we go into the second round. Any number other than seven or nine, Charles? Let's go with one. What Ooh. is Boba's title in Tatooine, what is the job he takes over that Jabba and Bib Fortuna once occupied? Damio of Mos Espa. Correct for two points. Solid. Thanks. Joe, which question would you like? Uh, let's see. So seven is gone. Nine is gone. One is gone. Yep. Let's seven. Nine minus seven is two minus one is three. Let's go with three. Okay, your mathematics is terrible, but we've arrived at question three, and that's what matters. Name the actor who plays Boba Fett. I don't know. <laughs> Would you like the options? Yes. Is it Robert Rodriguez, Tamura Morrison, Pedro Pascal, or David Paschese? Tamura Morrison. It is for one point, and we have a tied game as we go into round three. Uh, the remaining questions, Charles, are two, four, five, six, eight, and ten. Go with four. Question four. What does one have to dig for in the desert to get water? Little shells. What are they specifically and why do they refer to them? Then I can I give you the, the options if you like them. The options, please. Are they old flasks, black melons, white flowers, or white ice? Black melons. For a point. You're up 4-3. Mm. Joe, 2, 5, 6, 8, or 10? 5, please. What does Boba use to heal himself when he gets injured? Oh, and he uses the back to tank. He does use the back to tank. How do you remember that detail? I'm running... Well, because the back to tank existed in the old movies. That's right. Yeah, but I don't think we ever knew what it was referred to. It was just kind of a water tank where Luke wore a big nappy. Anywho... Two, six, eight, or ten. Penultimate round, Charles. Eight. Question number eight. What material do the Mandalorians use for their armor? 
choices or options, please? Do they use Bacta, Rancor, Nikto, or Beskar? Beskar. They use Beskar for a single point tied game. But Joe, it's your question. You can get um, Average Scar for much cheaper. Two, six, or ten? Uh, six, please. Question number six. In which episode does the Mandalorian first appear? And I'm going to give you a clue. There are seven episodes in the series. Mm-hmm. First appears in episode four. He went for it. He gambled and he lost. It was episode five. <sighs> and that takes us into the final round. We do have a tied game, ladies and gentlemen. And your final question, Charles, can be either 10 or 2. You've got the Dole Brunson, 10 2. Uh, let's go with 10. Let's go with 10. Who are the gang chasing in the slow speed chase in episode three? <laughs> I don't need the character's name. I just need a description of who this character is. Uh, there are options, right? There are options. I will take the options. Is it the mayor, the leader of the Pikes, Mando, or the mayor's assistant? Can you repeat the question? Who are the gang chasing in the slow speed chase in episode three? Someone is trying to get away. Oh, right. And they're driving very, very slowly. The mayor's assistant. It is the mayor's assistant for a single point. Joe, question two. What race is Boba Fett captured by before befriending? The sand people. But what race are they? I guess... I guess I need the choices. Are they... Jowers, Pikes, Tuscans, or Gamorians. Oh shit, Tuscan, fuck. <laughs> well, that means it's still a tied game, six points all, and that means we do go to the tiebreaker. You may know, Charles, it's always a numerical answer, so you get to pick whether you're going to guess the answer, or maybe you know it, don't know what the question is yet, and give Joe the choice of taking the over or the under, or you can let Joe set the line, and you can choose whether to go over or under. All right, do we get the question first? Nope. You have to decide whether you want Joe to face the question or whether you're going to face the question. Oh, I'm going to let Joe face the question. Okay, Joe. I think that's Joe. a smarter way to do it, yeah. How old was Tamura Morrison when the first episode of the series aired? So the actor who plays Boba Fett, how old was he in December 2021? 61 years old. Joe says 61 years old. Do you want to take the over or the under? I'll take the under. Tamura Morrison was exactly 61 years old. You nailed it, Joe. <laughs> you got the tiebreaker correct, and that means you do win a game of Superfan versus Stapes, but not all is lost, Charles. You may not get the Sunday Million ticket, but we can still give you the PokerStars merch. Thank you very much. Much appreciated, guys. And Charles, thank you. man, it sucks. I fucking love Canadians. Charles is like <laughs> such a nice person. Like, so, probably, probably a real good dad. And I just had a fucking not. I just one time. Someone had to be the unlucky one to eventually lose to me. Happens. 
Uh, very, Charles, very little, but it happens. It does we happen. appreciate you for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, my babies, that's just about all the time we have got for our Monte Carlo preview show, which means coming up next time, it won't be next week. We're going to be off for a little while. We're in Monaco, obviously, but we will be back during Scoop. I haven't done that in a while. That wasn't good, but I'll work <laughs> it, on it was not good at all. Yeah, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks into the series, so we will combine our Monte Carlo recap with some in-the-running info from the Spring Championship of Online Poker, courtesy of our Scoop correspondent, Howard Swains. And again, we talked about Scoop streaming on last week's podcast. Just to reiterate, almost as soon as we're back from overseas, we will be back in the PokerStars Arena. Uh, Wednesday, 11th of May is when we start our Scoop coverage. And after that day, it will then be Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays for the rest of the series. All right. Well, that is all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, during Scoop, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.